0: Coming up, the Brooklyn Nets open up the season at Barclays Center in gut-wrenching fashion. Coming up just short against the Cleveland Cavaliers, but we're going to break it all down from the late-game sequences, the big breakout performance from Cam Thomas, Ben Simmons, Mikhail Bridges. It's all here. Coming up next. You are Locked On Nets, your daily Brooklyn Nets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My friends, it is the Bro, podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Bro, Network. It's your team, the Brooklyn Nets, every single day. Over there, you're going to find Doug Norrie. I'm Adam Armbrecht. We thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are 100% free on all those great platforms. Let you know, today's episode is brought to you by Prize the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to PrizePix.com/slash locked on and use code all lowercase, locked on LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And Doug, we're going we're gonna to cover this thing from the first tip to the final buzzer, but home opener, gosh darn it, you just want that to figure out in the end of this game and give the Nets a win against a team that now is a bit of a bugaboo for them.
1: Well, look, game 182, i mean 83 if they get for a little further in the uh, uh, midseason tournament. And one. I'll okay. say that from, uh, you know, we're going to get to the takeaways here, positive and negative, obviously a loss is a loss, you have to start with the negative on that one, but. Just from a high level, one, to have basketball back in our lives every night, to feel the uh, the nervous energy of watching the Nets try to close this game out. This thing had a playoff vibe to it almost. I mean, it was a tense game. I thought that there was a lot to just really, really like about what they did. Obviously, the uh, um, result is not anywhere close to what you wanted, and sometimes sports, especially basketball, can feel really, really binary with, oh, you know, they lost, everything went wrong, or they won, everything went right. That's clearly not the case with this game. There's a lot of stuff in between. But in the end, you know, I really was hoping that we get on here and say the road to 82 and 0 starts with 1 and 0, and to not have them be able to close out uh, a game that they were winning late with maybe some key yeah. things that they probably could have done differently down the stretch. It's a really, really tough loss to start the season.
0: Good news is, though, Doug, the road to 81 and 1. Starts by going one. So, you know, always Always lifting me up.
1: Yeah. Always (laughs) lifting us up there with the, with the positivity, like a glass all the way full,
0: all the way full. Yeah. And there's, there's so many things. Listen, the first quarter of this game is is ugly defensively. We're thinking this team is going to hang their hat on that end of the court. And then you get 37 points dropped on. You go, oh, that's that's not so good. But you battle yourself back there. You start to lock down. We see some of the depth of the personnel that Jock Vaughn can go to and still be able to give yourself quality matchups. Some of the things I think we'll we'll talk about in terms of preseason sample sizes that carried over here, some of the combinations, and and clearly Cam Thomas as well. The, the, The part for me that really stings is the late game sequence here. After it's all said and done, as you say, you're up. You get that clunky. There's really two sequences. You get the inbounds and it's the clunky handoff between Royce O'Neill and Mikhail Bridges. Donovan Mitchell just goes ahead and runs like <laughs> you know straight through it like a running back, steals that thing, gets the flush. And then when it comes down to it after the triple, I'm not even worried about the push off on Cam Johnson. That's just NBA basketball. You get it and it just doesn't feel like you have that sequence perfectly figured out. Cam Thomas picks up his dribble, needs to have a back and forth with Cameron Johnson, and then by the time it all goes down, Doug, Jock Vaughn is begging for a timeout, and he c- cannot get it called. It, it's all moot because you got to have a, a, the best possible play drawn up. But it's it's really gut wrenching to not get a look there, like not to not get a quality look down one. That's all you're probably asking for coming into this game, and you don't get that, and that's what really it sunk me a little bit. I have mid season nerves through this game and there it was at the end. It does feel a
1: little more of the same with the nets with not being able to execute late, some late game stuff. And you mentioned before, I mean, the heartbreaker to the Cavs last year on the Akora corner three, which was one, probably the most brutal loss of the whole season, honestly, like a game that, uh, that they really just had, I mean, epically just won and they and they just were somehow able to, grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. But the, in this one, it goes a little bit differently. Got, you know, go a little bit back and forth. I think that people and us probably too, are going to have some uh, nitpick kind of stuff with, with how Vaughn decided to go with some of these sequences. I don't think we're going to get all the way into that right here, except to say that, I did think there were some moves he made that were good, and there were some that are were like head scratchers. Not having Simmons in for the defensive only possession uh, on the Mitchell three makes like almost no sense. Uh, you know, he mentioned you mentioned he tried to get the timeout there at the end and wasn't able to get it. The play they had drawn off obviously went sour right away, and they could see that. And to not get a really good look. Uh, I think that there were takeaways that you have to th- be positive with Vaughn, uh, you know, a la Cam Thomas, who I mean, we're not bearing the lead with Cam Thomas here. We're going to yeah. spend a lot of time talking about him second. We just wanted to make sure we just kind of covered the high level stuff from the game first. So I think before everyone starts to t- kind of just throw, Vaughn under the proverbial bus here. I do think it's worth recognizing that there were some things that did go correctly here and that were moves that he made that were clearly in game coaching decisions. And then some things that just, that that didn't go away that way. And sometimes in a game of chess, a couple wrong moves is, is all, all it takes. Even if you made a bunch of other right moves leading up to it. So again, I, I, you know, I, I wanted so badly to come in here, this win. I, I, I'm not sure I've wanted a win worse in a, in a long time from that, you know, save, <laughs> maybe a playoff game here or there, or, you know, some late game, late year stuff like this one had that kind of vibe to it where, and, and, and the reason it had the vibe and I'm sorry, I'm going a little long here, but the reason it had that vibe, it's actually the, it's a positive because like you can see it with this team is like, this team has something like there's yes. clearly yes. something here with this team. Like this, te- this is not just like some kind of random dumpster fire. We didn't think it was going to be, but this isn't some dumpster fire team where they're going to be scratching and clawing to just make, keep their head above water. Like you saw a ton of great stuff here. And you just want to be able to walk out with the W when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned some of the sequences with Jock Vaughn, but, but the, I said it there before the depth of personnel. you do get Dorian Finney Smith sessions here. You get Dennis Smith jr. Coming in and you go, Oh, right. This is why you brought this player in to hit threes from the corner. (laughs) First and foremost, obviously, but you know, a minute 36 to go in this game. The Nets are up 109-105, right? And that's why it feels feels so similar to the late season games last year with this same Cavs team as well. So that's a big part of it, and I think we'll get into the Cam Thomas one here. By the way, Brooklyn Nets come out with a win here. We start the show with Cam Thomas, but you have to put things in the proper order and the proper context when you come up just a hair short here, 114-113. And I'll just note before we get into Cam that this is also a game, like when you go back and look at it, One of the things that I think we'll talk a lot about is the three-point shooting, the three-point attempts, the volume of attempts that got there. But there are categories that the Nets won, whether it was getting to the line in bulk 26 times to just 10. So they did that job. Cam Thomas was a big part of that. We'll get to him. And then even thinking about the the blocks, the steals, the rebounds. Like, there's these categories that work for the Nets. They won, the, yeah. they,
1: they won the rebound in the battle 50-38. You know, I mean, like, the things I that know. went wrong for them, the things that we all... Here's the thing. This is the one way to look at this, and then I want to get fully into Cam Thomas. Yeah, The way to look at this is, and this is the mm-hmm. why I think even in a loss, we can go, we can look at this game and say, hey, there are lots of positives to take here because some of the major worries that we had around this team, especially, like, what we've seen over the last couple of years that they could not do, they actually... Were able to do in this game, right? Like they got Cam Thomas a ton of minutes, and he scored, and he helped the team almost helped the team win, right? Like so, there, right away, boom, got you on that one. The rebounding battle—we've they struggled forever to keep other teams off the boards and to get rebounds themselves. They had 50 rebounds. The Cavs had had uh, 38. They had 13 offensive rebounds. The Cavs had nine. Like these are the areas yeah. the Nets have gotten t- dusted in in recent years. And they're like, okay, so this is what I mean about grabbing onto some of these things. 82 game season. This one would have been a nice W, but the, some of the things that we've at times worried about the team, not be able to do. They, they look like they might be on the path to curing.
0: There's some other things on the back end of this episode that we'll touch back into from a stat category that I thought the Nets did really well. And including Mikhail Bridges, we'll get into Cameron Johnson, but coming up here in a second, it was the man, the myth, the legend one cam Thomas said, listen, first half, you go ahead and climb on my back as I try to carry us through. We'll break down his performance and what it means for him going forward coming up next.
1: All right, before we get to that, I'll tell you about our friends over at Ibotta. How does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back. Help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete. You got about a month to go till that holiday. Who wants turkey without the gravy? Uh, the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides. With Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family favorite side dishes and the turkey all while getting yourself cash back. Here's the deal. Starting November 1st for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. You heard that right. Just add the offers in the app to redeem uh, everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast totally complete. All you have to do is shop at your favorite retailers, upload your receipt, and you're getting that cash back. Download the Ibotta app now. Use the code LOCKED. You're going to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. Just go to the App Store or Google Play, Download the Fred Botta app. Use the code locked. That's Ibotta, I B O T T A, in the Google Play or App Store, and use the code locked. And when you are done with that, head over to our friends on Prize Picks. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy made easy. You can win up to 25 times your money this football season, basketball season. All you have to do on Prize Picks, you select two or more players, you pick more or less on their projected stats, you place your entry. It's that simple. You're not wrangling with salaries like on some of these other sites. Totally secure. Totally safe. They even have a, a reboot policy if your entries uh, stay in play. Even if one of your players gets injured, like for NFL games, CFB top 25 matchups, if you have a player that exits the game in the first half, doesn't return in the second half, that player's rebooted. i like to hear that. Prize Picks the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Like I said, all you're doing on Picks, you're going more or less on those stats. Like For instance, you had more on Cam Thomas. You hit that more. Uh, I think it was like 12 and a half you hit uh, in the first 30 seconds, I think, something like that, over on Prize Picks. And you were already set to go. Go over to price Picks right now. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks it's Daily Fantasy Made Easy.
0: As we just continue our discussion around the Brooklyn Nets 114, 113 loss in their home opener at Barclays Center to the Cleveland Cavaliers, we turn our attention to one cam thomas he does not start this game we didn't think that he would although when we debated this doug i said that he should be in the starting lineup and maybe he will be in the starting lineup because when you come into a game like this 25 minutes 13 to 21, two of 5 from deep 8 of 11 at the line that's such a massive part of his game we don't really worry about the rebounds or the assists or any of those other numbers it just comes down to the fact that when this team needed scoring when mikhail bridges was, was having a hard time finding his rhythm early in this game It came down to Cam Thomas outscoring the entirety of his own team (laughs) by one stretch in this game, let alone dominating the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers bench. So these bench minutes were getting absolutely destroyed all because Cam Thomas is that guy when it comes to the offensive end of the court.
1: I mean it was, like, it was like a borderline legendary performance. I, it was it was it was everything you expect from him and like much much more. I, he set the rookie record, excuse me, the, set the record for most points in a season opener off the bench. That was per Nets PR uh, during the game. Uh he was the only reason that early on they were able to claw back into the game because they came up if you, you know like we talked about the late game sequences but they got off to a very rough start in, in the first yeah. half excuse me in the first quarter it was looking it was looking pretty bad to start they bring thomas off the bench he's instant energy instant just just scoring fuel and they were able to sort of on that momentum climb themselves back into the game uh, it's i really can't actually overstate how great he was <laughs> it, it was yeah. just one of these things hmm. like it's like okay, you know, we expect him to be microwave scorer. Expect him to be fairly efficient, especially when he has a cooking. He's the kind of guy that you can kind of see right away if he has it or not. It was very clear early that he had it. He hits insane, uh, high degree of difficulty shots. I really can't say enough. I, I, I was definitely not the plan to play him twenty five minutes. So I mean, it's if you're Vaughn, how can you not play him that much, right? Yep. Like when he when he just seems like he's going to score. <clears throat> I wonder what this means going forward. For what the overall plan was, because it's not going to, he's not going to, he's not likely to score 36 points in 25 minutes every single game. But if you were worried about sort of offensive juice off the bench, Thomas sort of laid that to wrestling like, pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. You know, overreactions as far as they go. Listen, when I said that there's a case to be made for him to be inside of the starting rotation, it was as much about how do you create balance in the second unit as well. Now he's explosive. He's dynamic. And you want to say he can pick on those matchups more easily. It's probably true, right? If you told me that Donovan Mitchell decided to switch on to Cam Thomas when he's in the starting rotation for a handful of possessions, things could look different. Donovan Mitchell, by the way, he showed the things that people thought he was going to be when he came into the NBA. This guy that could really lock you down on the defensive end. He was fully engaged late in this game, especially when it came to Mikhail Bridges. So there's versions of this where it can look different if you thrust Cam Thomas into a starting rotation role. But I'm hard-pressed, man. I'm hard-pressed to say that like this game, in game number one, doesn't open up not only the coaching stats, but you know, fan base has been pushing for this a lot. I think you have to reevaluate what his role is going to be very quickly in the short term. If it was supposed to be 15 to 20 and gradual buildup, you got to find a way to utilize them. Not because there weren't other positives, but you can just see the, again, the free throw numbers are so critical here. He attacks yeah. at the basket. We're going to talk about Ben Simmons and how he did not attack at the basket. So somebody has got to do it. And whether it ends up being one of the shortest guys on the court, instead of one of the tallest, so be it. He, he's an unlocker when it comes to those sort of things. And I'll even acknowledge too, man, well, I was being tongue-in-cheek on his stat line and saying, you know, you don't worry about the rebounds and the assist numbers, there's nothing really that jumps out off the page to you in terms of 3-2, had a steal in this one as well, only had one turnover, that matters. And But I, he played within the offense as well. Like, he moved the ball when the passes were there. He was not sitting it on it, ball dominant. When it got into late sequences in the shot clock, yes, he took over as he's supposed to. But I think he functioned well within the system that Jock Vaughn and the coaching staff wants. That's why this is overwhelmingly positive, even beyond all the points that he put up. Yeah. Look
1: again, basketball can be really binary, right? It's like the ball, ball go in good ball, go, ball go out <laughs> yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, and I, we sometimes tend to overreact one way or the other on this stuff, right? Like if it's like, you know, ball go in, we're also happy. Someone's the greatest player in the world, ball go out in, in the game. Then all of a sudden that guy needs to be benched or traded or worse. Right. So yeah. like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to go t- totally crazy on the Thomas thing. Like my evaluation of him really hasn't changed that much. We were, no. we, we thought he should get a lot of minutes and, and, and he did here. Um, you know, I'm I'm fine, actually, with the, most of the rotations that they ran in this game, save some of the late-game stuff, which we talked about, which were, uh, there were some head-scratching things. Um, it was clear they were trying a bunch of different combinations. The bench, mm-hmm. the good news is the bench is really deep. The bench is deep here. The bench is the only reason with Thomas and some of the other guys that they were even in the game. I'd be hesitant to, like, make a full change, like, from starting lineup, yeah, yeah. right, just based off this one game. So I would just say the encouraging thing is if you envisioned him as microwave scorer six-man, and that's where you just wanted to see him work to progress. Remember, this is a guy that was freaking benched for a month at the end of the year, yeah. where we all were just like, what is going on here? The guy's benched for a month. He could never play. He scores 40 points and he disappears. Like it was just mind-boggling. We have at least progressed to the point of he's the sixth man. He's yeah. gonna come in and do this thing. This is what the probably the team needs. There will be some minutes where he has nights where he like tonight, where he has hot hands and he gets to play and close. Right. Like, and there will be some nights where that will probably be, not be the case because it's like a little less efficient or whatever. I think those are in general, very good signs. Um, so I don't know if I'm agreeing with you or disagreeing with you, but the, the no, no, I, think, you, I, I yeah. think
0: you're, you're, you're crystallizing my point of, of everything about this is telling you his role is cemented as you yes. said, and also can be growing. Like there, there is still more for his game to be here. The 25 minutes, as you mentioned is probably more than they intended. That's okay. Because I think you can start to now say, okay, 20 minutes is kind of the baseline, and we think that we can play him more when we need to. little footnote, if we just want to give a little bit of the post-game coverage as well as we try to do as we're over on live on YouTube, and we appreciate everybody being in here, this comes care of a friend of the show, Eric Slater, asking Jacques Vaughn about getting about getting Cam Thomas back into the game at the three-minute mark. Vaughn did say, if you watch that thing, he was tired, Cam Thomas, that after that stretch, we put him in it before. So then I went offense defense with he and Nick, but by the way, he shook my hand coming out of the game after that stretch that we had given him. I thought the minutes overall were where they needed to be tonight. So I think that also just drills down on what we're discussing here. Right. It's amazing. It's everything you want from Cam, and it is the first game. And I think the same way you would look at Cameron Johnson and say, injury concerns, going to monitor his minutes, Ben Simmons, big long run here for him this season. You're going to keep an eye on all these guys. So I I think there's a reality to why when you look across this, you get Bridges playing 35. None of the other starters played over 30 minutes in this game. A lot of Dorian Finney-Smith, right? A lot of Cam Thomas, a lot of Royce O'Neal. And then you also got a dose of uh, Smith-Smith, in there as well so this is a balance of getting the season underway overwhelmingly positive for me on cam thomas we'll see how he grows from here and then we get to turn our attention to overall what were our takeaways from this game do we think this team is ready to be high level competitive with the likes of the cleveland of the nba and the rest and how deep do we think that this rotation could go takeaways from the contributors there. coming up in just one moment
1: All right. Before we get to that, we'll tell you about our friends over at FanDuel. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. You know, right now, new customers are getting two hundred dollars in bonus bets guaranteed. All you got to do on FanDuel is place a five dollar bet. Two hundred dollars in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, really, there's no better time to do it. Like I said, that's a five dollar real money bet. Don't even worry if it wins or loses because you're going to get the two hundred dollars. Maybe you threw it in, maybe you did it before the game on this one. Nets plus two and a half going into this game. Nice try. That's cover. We'll take that one. We'll take a positive positive rather. That's cover easily at the plus two and a half. Nice try, FanDuel. We got you on that one. Uh they got the spreads, they got the player props. They have the over-under. So much more. They slice and dice this thing every which way. NFL, NBA. It's all there on FanDuel. Visit fanduel.com/slash locked on. Keep going with the NFL season, with the NBA season as well. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL.
0: All right, of course, as we continue having our discussion around the Brooklyn Nets, 114-113 home opener loss at the hands of the Cleveland Cavaliers. We remind you, though, you could have got all the little tidbits and, and drilling down on kind of the key factors inside of this game by joining the Locked on Nets insiders on jointsubtext.com slash Locked on Nets. It's a free 14-day trial. It's all the game day analysis, all the little tidbits we're covering, some off-day stuff as well. Plus, you get to interact with Doug Norrie and yours truly. Head over to jointsubtext.com slash Locked on Nets. Okay, by the way, everyone in the live chat room, something that I need to ask them in there. Every single time we do a live, we need a a moniker. The Locked on Mavs podcast says the Raccoon Squad for their whole crew. I don't know what to call everybody, but I want something in there. So get after us in the chat on that one. When we go inside this game, Doug, the thing I wanted to hit here before we talk about individual role players, the team stats, the one other one that I really liked in this fast break points. Nets had 24 fast break points and also had 26 points off of 10 Cavs turnovers. They lost the turnover battle 10 to 18 here. So you want to be cleaner with the ball. But that number right there to me is everything about the pace and the style of play that this team wants to work with. And to me, it's a repeatable thing. That's what this team is built to do. They're built to get turnovers. They're built to get out in transition. So that number should rise. And I actually think you could see them being really effective in that category as we start to talk individual performances. The defense dialed it up
1: at times in this group, man. Like nice. they had, they had a couple of different combinations that really, really got after it, right? Like they struggled with some drop coverage again. Um, they struggled with Max Struce a little bit. Not, not even a little bit. They struggled with Max Struce a lot of bit. That was a lot of guys c- losing him coming under screens on like these Iverson cuts that he was running. Um, yeah. and so. Uh, Very similar, similar from the preseason, I to, right? I have yeah. to watch back a little bit. It's a little bit different with him because, like, in the preseason, they kept they kept losing the ball handlers and drop. With him, it was like he was doing slash cutting yep. near the top, and then, like, they were coming under that initial screen on these, like, X-action kind of things, and uh, they just kept losing him. Either way, uh, I think overall the defense – I think you had to look at the defense and be like, hey, when they actually get a lot of this communication down, this, this group mm-hmm. can, is really going to be able to clamp it up. Like, they had multiple stops with multiple different guys – taken all taken down Mitchell. Um, you know, DSJ got him a couple times. Simmons was able to get him a couple times in the end, obviously Mitchell, you know, hits the big shots to end up winning the game. But I think if you're looking at a high level of what the defense can become, this game gave you snippets of a group that can go a lot of different ways and really, really give opponents problems. And I think that's going to be something that we're going to really have to hold on to tight this season.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: see more paths. I thought this anyway, but it's crystallize in this game i saw more paths to the defense being great than the offense being adequate <laughs> if i if i if i want to compare those two things and yep. that is gonna they're gonna need to hang their hat on the defense like all season long because i think the offense which we can get into stuff and we'll probably go tomorrow and talk about more specific stuff around the offense the defense at times like they were able to mix and match a lot of different guys mm-hmm. and have the defense look like sort of stifling at times
0: yeah, and that's the length, right? We talk about that. They're they're not the tallest uh, team in the league, but they have reach, they have length, and they have switchability, and that really played to their advantage for several stretches in this game. If we're going to talk about, I know you said well, offensively specifically and how it functioned. To your point, we'll have an off day to look into that a little bit deeper. Nets won't play again until Friday night on the road in Dallas, taking on Kyrie and the Mavericks. But but Ben Simmons, right? Ben Simmons and Mikhail Bridges. I want to make sure that we get to these two guys. Let's start with Mikhail actually in this instance because. Ends up finishing with twenty points. Gets to the line nine times. Hits it efficiently. Six or twelve from the field. Thirty-five minutes of game action here. My, my biggest not problem, but just hey, we. I said this in the preseason. I'm not seeing you get heavily involved, right? You're supposed to be this top dog scorer for this team. There were big stretches where he was just one of the guys out there on the court. And I think in large part, it's because he's been identified as that guy by other teams. And they did a lot, the Cavs did, to take him out of the offense and force it into somebody else's hands.
1: There's sort of a compounding effect here with Simmons that's actually happening on offense that's actually trickling down to guys like Sim to guys like Bridges and and else and otherwise when they start these actions with Simmons, one, it's sometimes good. I mean, there was I I will I mean maybe we'll talk about length about about Simmons tomorrow, but the because we're probably gonna run out of time, but the um it you know they're not starting these actions right away with Mikhail. so it's either becoming like a little too late to get it going or it has to be like it has to be very specific actions run for him to get him shots because it's not really sometimes happening in the flow now they did rely on him a ton of usage i you know we predicted a little bit or i did that the usage would definitely drop this season i think there was mm-hmm. almost no way around it uh, i mean it dropped pretty dramatically in this game some of that's cam thomas effect but other other is like what you said it's just like just sort of not happening within the flow of what they're trying to do he's too good of a three-level scorer to have this few shots and i do think
0: right need him a little greedy like my my that's a good way to put it (laughs) it.
1: yeah like i'm the dog i'm the alpha here and like i'm the top scorer and maybe that's going to be in in his makeup and and maybe it's not but i do think it starts with simmons like they're all running these at the are they are running sets that start much differently than they did last season. Um, again, like I've, I've buried this twice, but like maybe we just wait on Simmons till tomorrow. But I, I think there's, yeah. I think you saw some good stuff from Simmons, but I, I do wonder if the offensive initiation that's happening or not happening coming from him is having this trickle down effect for bridges. And that's why we saw the, the shots drop to the 12. I mean, to get to the line nine times. So the usage wasn't horrible, but in, in general, you would think that that, that number needs to be significantly higher going forward.
0: Yeah, Claxton, in spite of only playing 28 minutes, he was in and out a couple of times. He was kind of he was getting hit, beat up a little bit, took some hard falls, took some hits to the face. Only 3 of 10. A lot of that is going to be in and around the basket. But I think that the tease on discussing Ben Simmons is you get this one-to-one contrast. When Nicholas Claxton gets the ball in the paint, he's doing everything he can. He's breaking out the spin moves. He's trying to rotate. He's trying to be aggressive. He's trying to attack. And Ben Simmons wasn't doing that in this game. So I think we'll further break down tomorrow. So be sure to be here for that episode what that is, right? How Ben Simmons play directly impacts everybody else that's out there on the court. Now um, we'll also talk about his rebounding and his assist numbers. And that was all there for them. The other thing you mentioned there, we can close out on, I think is just the Ben's rotation, nothing surprising here beyond bigger minutes and and a massive night for cam Thomas. I didn't think we were going to see any Lonnie Walker, knowing that Smith jr was back in the mix, knowing that Finney Smith has been the one-to-one with Cameron Johnson coming back from the injury Royce O'Neal, I, you know, I'll be interested to see what happens here going forward, because I think Royce O'Neal gets a little bit caught in no man's land, although he had seven rebounds in this game. I just functionally don't know if he has the most value going into that second unit. Um, and unfortunately, man, I thought that this ending stat line for Dayron Sharp was going to be a little bit brighter. It was 12 minutes just about on average from last year, had a couple rebounds. I thought he played well. But overall, what was your your bench unit takeaway? Understanding Cam Thomas is is you know, number one, two, and three of the positives.
1: My bench again, like kind of goes back to what I said before. My bench unit takeaway is thank God they had the bench; it's the only reason they were in the game. Like it was, so I, I do think this, you know, and Jacques Vaughn had some interesting quotes here about uh, some of the minutes, and we'll get into that tomorrow too. We'll break down yeah. some of Jacques Vaughn's post game stuff because uh, I think he had some interesting. There are some interesting takeaways for that's going on right now as we're recording. Um, the there were some interesting takeaways for what he sort of said is going to be the minutes delineation going forward. And I and look, I I know I. Uh, Jack Vaughn's sort of getting it here. I, like, I, I get it. There's, there was some weird stuff that happened, but I think you know, overall, the though,
0: pl- I don't get it. I'm going to close out on this. I don't entirely get it. Not because you don't want to see certain things differently or because the, the defensive offensive and all that stuff, when you want cam back in, it's all great. Like, I, I don't know. It's game one. It's game one of 82. And you're integrating a couple of new pieces. You have a deep bench. You're changing roles slightly for guys that were playing bigger minutes last year or that were in the starting rotation last year. I, I, I think they're have to just come on. Come on. Game one of 82. The Cavs are a really good team. And the Nets took them down to the wire. That's why I walk out of this game saying, listen, were they in a position to win? Yes. Should they have won? Probably. But the fact that they came out and went toe to toe after a very sluggish start on both ends of the floor, I have nothing but positives about where I think this team can go as they get their feet underneath in this season.
1: Yeah. And look, you want to give him a positive. Like he stuck a lot with the unit that was really working, right? Like right, again, like right. these, these bench guys got a lot of minutes. Like Cam got a lot of minutes. DFS, I mean, he started to keep, to keep, uh, Cam Johnson's minutes sort of in check, you know, he played 28 and, you know, they went with a pretty tight rotation to all things being said of in 10 guys. I, again, I'm with you. I, I'm not, I, I don't think he deserves a trash. I think we're, there's going to be a couple of things. I think there are for sure a couple of things that we can point to specifically and say, Hey, that's a bit of a head scratcher. And it really sucks when those are high leverage things too, that you can point to that might've been the difference between a W or an L right? Yeah. Like, so, and, th- and, th- and those end up being tough. So I think like on a micro level for sure, You can look at this and be like, oh man, there's like three things that happened here that might have been might it's the sum might outweigh other what may be generally positive things and i think that's just the nature of the beast right like it's just sometimes you're just going to look at in the end and say hey look sometimes it does come down to those last two moves and if you don't do them right then it's it's you're gonna that's why you have the that's why you get paid the big bucks and that's why you're the coach like you got to take you, you, you got to take the bolts too but
0: yeah. yeah overall
1: overall i like again just to maybe wrap it up for me i, I was mostly pretty encouraged here and i think if you're looking I mean, remember, I'll put it this way: Think back to one year ago, the first game of the year. Do you remember what happened? Hmm. They got destroyed by the Pelicans, like oh, destroyed. That's they, right. lost, oh, that's they lost. They lost right. by like twenty five. Right. They,
0: right. they, they Yeah, they yeah, lost by twenty five. Like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is they this lost season? by like twenty
1: five <laughs> to the Pelicans. It looked horrible. <laughs> like it looked every <laughs> phase of the out. game looked looked so bad, and we're like, "What is going on here?" It's coming on. That's just not the vibe here. It sucks to lose. It sucks to lose. I wish they were one and zero. But even that is a different vibe. So I know I'm, I'm going to walk away with that feeling.
0: I think uh, all all good things. We'll be back in again, breaking down all of more sequences with Ben Simmons, the offensive side, talking about the bench, talking about rotations, getting a deeper look at this one, and quotes from the post game. That'll be uh, coming up tomorrow, and then live, dude. We love it. We're going to stick around here and chop it up with you guys in a loaded chat room. So greatly appreciate it.
1: Yeah, thanks for everyone that jumped into the YouTube live here. If you're on the podcast feed, as a reminder, you got to jump over to YouTube live uh, and make sure go, excuse me, jump over and make sure you subscribe to YouTube so you know when we're going live. Conversely, we put up a bonus episode that only went up in the game feed today, uh, breaking down what we thought was going to happen in the game. So you got to be just just be subscribed to both. Doesn't cost you anything. If you want to just like throw, you want to get a little subscription, go and go to join subtext.com slash locked on nets. Uh, we're tweet, or excuse, we're texting every day, uh, all of our thoughts, all the insider stuff, um, just putting it in. We've had multiple conversations with folks over in subtext. I, I love the platform. Uh, so join subtext.com slash locked on nets free trial. Um, uh, just go test it out. If you think you're going to hang around for the long term. join subtext.com slash locked on nets.
0: Study nature, love nature, stay close to nature. It will never fail you. Why that's Frankie Lloyd Wright.
1: Oh, one of the all-time great uh, architects. There we go. I was going to say you. builders, but that would have been wrong. He's an architect. We'll be back tomorrow, and in a second on YouTube, more Brooklyn that's possible.